1: listen to match lick live hope you're gonna have a good time listening maybe i'll have a good time talking too you never know it'll work out hey if you want to give me a call all you got to do is dial 877 and if you're interested in emailing me you can do that as well all you have to do is uh, just go to info at karm.org email me at info at carm.org. and um we can get into stuff. I read. Sometimes I'll just go over the emails uh, because a lot of times are good questions that come in, and we have lots uh, right now. We only have two hundred and seventy-eight emails in that email box, and and uh, let's see. In the staff one, we have two hundred eighteen. <laughs> in one of my personal ones, eight hundred seventy-three. Hey, look at that! And another one, six hundred forty-three. <laughs> well, then another one, five hundred eighty-one. Even my private one is inundated. Uh, Yeah, Uh, so there's just just a lot, you know, just a lot to do. And um, anyway, I chuckle about it because there's so much. Hey, (laughs) how are you doing out there in Radio Land? I hope you're all having a good time and a good day. And if you want to give me a call out, like I said eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. I like to talk to you about the Lord, about the truths of who He is, what He has done. Today, I was working, uh, you know, on the Bible study for tonight. I'll be teaching through the Book of Romans, going through Romans chapter three or four, excuse me. And I uh, also was starting to develop a, a doctrine, kind of a, a table. Uh, on Christological heresies. I I thought I did something like that before. I really couldn't find it. So, uh, but I'm doing one. And if I do find the old one, I'll expand it. But uh, that's what I've been doing: is working on that. You know, like uh, Marcionism and uh, Apollinarianism, Miaphysitism compared with Monophysitism. What's the difference? What are the similarities? Yeah, just stuff like that. For me, it's a good time. You know, I, I'm made for this. I love this kind of stuff. I love the theology. I love uh, dealing with uh, all the stuff. I do. I, I enjoy it. All right. Hey, if you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. And why don't we just get on the air with Nancy from Ohio. Hi, hey, Nancy. Welcome. You're on the air.
2: Hi, Matt. Can I know that um, Catholics are not despised Christians. Um, how... How about the Lutherans? I know they're from the Catholic Church.
1: Well, it's hard to say because uh, Lutheranism is not a single thing. There are many denominations inside of uh, Lutheranism. And so we can't say, oh, you know, blanket statement, they're all good, they're all bad. I went to a Lutheran college, LCMS, Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and I learned a lot of stuff there. I had a good time uh, being exposed to theology and for what I could tell they love the Lord and they're they're justified by faith. They kind of add this idea of baptism not as a means of salvation but as a a kind of a connector of the grace of God upon people so it's almost like they're dipping a toe in the, uh, the Catholic pond but they're not immersed in it. So I would say, oh, you yeah, know, they're saved and uh, for the most part. Some of them are pretty uh, bad. There was uh, one group I encountered there that if you weren't a member of their particular Lutheran subset denomination, then you were not a true Christian. And I remember having conversations okay, with, uh, with some of them.
2: And I also have questions about some others. Are Episcopalians classified as Christians?
1: Episcopalianism is generally known as being very liberal and I just generally say generally speaking that Episcopalians are not in the faith. It's not to say that there oh, okay. might be you know probably some Christians in there but Episcopalianism holds to uh, some not so good things let's just say. Okay, okay
2: how about Seventh Day Adventist?
1: Yeah, you want to stay away from them. Uh, okay, They're they
2: connected with uh, Jehovah's Witness.
1: No, they're not connected with the Jehovah's Witnesses, though they had a kind of ancient origin, similar origin in the Millerite movement and some other things that that in the 1800s that kind of manifested. And uh, there's a lot of dots to connect in that, but no, they're not uh, not affiliated. They, uh, like the Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, deny eternal conscious torment they both say that jesus is michael the archangel except the j dubs say that he's an angel who became a man but the sda say that michael the archangel is jesus the pre-incarnate form that he's appeared as an angelic form they're wrong but it doesn't make that particular doctrine heretical and then we have the doctrine go ahead go ahead I was going to say they had the Doctrine of the Investigative Judgment, and this is where it really gets dicey because apparently in the SDA movement with the Investigative Judgment, salvation is dependent upon God's examination of you, uh, of what you have done in your life.
2: Okay, now Pentecostal, are they Christian?
1: depends on which. Uh, there are some Pentecostals that are good and some that are bad. United Pentecostal is not Christian, but you can have some Pentecostals who are Trinitarian and just are hyper-charismatic, uh, and uh, it, but they're still saved because they, they trust in Christ. But some Pentecostal movements are just so over-emotional, and some deny the Trinity and uh, things like that. So it just depends on which uh, subgroup.
2: Okay, how about Nazarene?
1: Uh, Nazarenes are going south I wouldn't recommend anybody go to the Nazarene Church because they're ordaining okay. women and they are uh, moving toward accepting homosexuality. Okay, There's okay. a Nazarene College near, near me too. Oh. How
2: about Presbyterian?
1: It depends on which Presbyterian. So the OPC, okay. PCA are good, but the uh, PCUSA is not. So like, uh, like Lutheranism, there's good ones and bad ones within the overall umbrella.
2: Okay, and uh, how about uh, Church of Christ?
1: Stay away from Church of Christ, non-Christian cult.
2: Okay, Church of God.
1: There's different Churches of God. Um, Some of them hold to Seventh-day Sabbath keeping. If they require it as a means of salvation, then it's a cult. If they don't, they just say they want to do it because they want to honor God and think that's what it is, then that's okay. They're not a cult they tend to be a little bit legalistic, uh, teach you can lose your salvation like the other ones do. So uh, there's some problems there. But I've met some Church of God people who are, who are good. Then there's a Church of God movement that came out of the um, oh, Herbert W. Armstrong movement, and that was a cult. And then some separated out of it. They're called the Church of God. And there's another group called the Church of God, another group called the Church of God. Yeah. So it's hard it to say. Which... Okay, how
2: about Methodists?
1: Uh, Methodists are generally are, are good. Uh, and Christians, United Methodist is bad. Uh, it's it's just very liberal, within pastors and elders. And uh, homosexuality is okay and as long as you're sincere and things like that. You'll be okay. So stay away from the United Methodism. But generally speaking, Methodists are, are within the faith.
2: How about the Amish, the Mennonites, and the uh, Quakers?
1: Depends on which groups. Uh, because there are... There's even a little bit of variation in Amish and the Mennonites. In fact, I've met Mennonites here, and I've talked to them theologically, and then they love the Lord. And the Quakers, I've talked to some Quakers also, depending on a particular group that you're, you're involved with, uh, it may or may not be good or bad, they are what's called an inner light kind of a group, in that uh, they don't really pre- prep um, sermons. They affirm the Trinity, and uh, they will. They preach and just wait for the movement of the Spirit upon them. Well, this kind of thing can lead to problems because they're not very systematically inclined. So within the Quakers, there are some, let's just say, some good variations and bad variations just like the other two that we mentioned.
2: Okay, how about independent?
1: Depends on independent what? So there's a lot of independent churches. Uh, generally, they're they're pretty good. Uh, generally, but not always. Okay.
0: Okay.
2: Now, when you say that the ones that are going, let's say, I'm just going to pull out a use Mormons as a an example, which are not Christian. Correct. That they still, since they're in that faith, even though they're probably in that faith because it's their whole family's been in it, and they really don't realize what's going on. That's no excuse. They still will not uh, go to heaven. Correct.
1: Correct. Yep.
2: Okay. Well, I thank you very much, and I'll let you get on to other questions from other people, and I thank you.
1: Sure, no problem at all. God bless. All right. Oh, that was quick and slick. Hey, let's get to Anne from North Carolina. Anne, welcome. You are on the air.
2: Hello. Hi. I was talking with a priest today because my mom is 90, and I think she's fearful about Purgatory, but she won't listen to anything that I say, and um, so I was asking about the the doctrine, and he was saying it is a place of purging so that we can enter into the holiness of God, and I don't agree with any of that. But I want yeah, to
1: it's, hear. Yeah, heresy. Comment. Yeah, purgatory is a false doctrine from the pit of hell, and uh, it teaches that the uh, those who died in Catholicism and have not had uh, the last saving graces imputed into them or infused into them to the sacramental system. Blah, it makes me sick. Uh, they go to purgatory and are relieved uh, of varying uh, problems by the sufferings uh, that they go through. And so it's a means of purification and uh, stuff. So uh, they can have their sins expiated, in uh, purgatory to expiate means to relieve, to remove, to take care of. So uh, mm-hmm. it says in Second Vatican Council, page sixty-three: sins must be expiated. This must, uh, this may be done on this earth through the sorrows, miseries, and trials of this life, and above all through death. Otherwise, the expiation must be made in the next life through fire and torments or purifying punishments. So and I can go on. Uh, it's it's a it's a damnable doctrine. It, it is just such an evil doctrine. The Roman Catholic Church needs to repent of its many false doctrines and, and uh, false teachings. So, let me give you some advice on how to talk to to your mom. Okay. The okay. Roman. Don't attack purgatory, because she's too entrenched in the heresies and the lies of the Roman Catholic Church just yeah. t- talk to her about the uh, the need to trust in Christ focus on the trust in Christ she might say she prays to mary she might say she prays to the saints I don't know how much longer she's got or what her condition is but the situation is that you need to talk about Christ point her to Jesus and say Jesus is the one who has all authority in heaven and earth he forgives our sins and Jesus has to come to him so you know ha- and you ask her have you come to Christ have you asked him to forgive you and if she says, no, I have go to the priest, or whatever, you know, that blasphemous idiocy, uh, then just politely just say, well, but Jesus said. And just keep focusing on Jesus. You don't have to talk about much, much of anything else. Because the thing we want to get her to do is to trust Christ, not the Catholic Church for their salvation, not the sacraments, but Jesus. So focus on that. And it'll take weeks, uh, you know, and politely and... and um hopefully she'll reach out to Christ alone and, and trust in mm-hmm. Him and not the not the false doctrines of the Roman Catholic Church. Okay?
2: Thank you so much.
1: You're welcome so much. All right, well, God bless. Hey, folks, we'll be right back after these messages. As you can hear the music, if you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. We'll be right back.
0: Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, welcome back everybody. If you want to give me a call, we have a couple open
1: lines, 877- 207-2276. Also, you can email me at info at carm.org if you have a question and you don't want to be on the air. I want to give thanks to Kit for a rumble rant of $5. Thanks Mr. Kit, appreciate that. He's been supporting us off and on like that. You can do the same thing. It's easy. Well, I don't know. I guess it's easy. you got to sign up with Rumble, though. Rumble.com is where we're having a lot of our videos sent because YouTube, uh, let's just say, censors us periodically because, you know, if you don't walk lockstep with the liberal left, then uh, they proclaim tolerance while they're shutting you up. Yeah. All right. Let's get on the air with Jamal from North Carolina. Welcome. You're on the air.
0: Hey, Mrs. Blake. How are you doing today, sir?
1: Oh, man, by God's grace, doing well. What do you got, buddy? Good deal. Glad you're doing well. Um
0: mm-hmm. got kind of a softball question for you today. Okay. Um, when people are talking about, I'm praying for you, or I pray that uh, this works out or that works out, but those kind of casual prayers, do we still have to say in Jesus' name for it to be valid, or can we just say, I'm praying for you, and God will accept that?
1: if you're a true Christian, all your prayers are valid because they're already covered by Christ. You don't have to say the formula in Jesus' name because that isn't what okay. makes it valid. It's the work of Christ and our faith in Christ that makes it valid. But we just have a, a habit of saying, well, in the name of Christ, which means by his authority. And it's a nice habit. That's how I end my prayers because I I, if I don't end my prayer that way, I still feel like I'm I'm in it. So <laughs> that's what I right. say. Right. Yeah, it's just a habit. That's all. Uh, it's no big deal. My, one of my brothers once told me he had a friend who would never say in Jesus' name, because he never wanted to oh. imply an ending of the prayer. He always wanted to be in prayer huh. with the Lord, and I never forgot that. I thought it was kind of interesting. So. Yeah,
0: that is interesting.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, well, uh, that that was it. Um, as you say, uh, quick and slick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right. Quick and slick. I like that.
0: <laughs> so good for All right, you, man. Well, uh, God bless, sir.
1: God bless, man. will talk to you later. All right. Now let's get on the air with uh, Courtney from Ohio. Hey, Courtney, now you're on the air. Welcome.
3: Hey. Hey. Um, so I have a question. I don't know if you've been asked this yet or not, but I was wondering, have you heard about this? As, I don't know if I'm saying it right. Asbury or Ashberry revival or something like that. I was just wondering if you heard of it and what you yep. thought of
1: it. I've heard of it, don't know anything about it. Uh, I can't be there to go check it out. I don't know if it's legit, don't know if it's not. People can sometimes be over emotional and, uh, and it can be a pseudo revival, uh, but it could also be legitimate. God can certainly do things. I know Christians in this country are praying for revival. I have been too. Uh, so if the Lord's going to start, He can start where He wants to wants to start. Me, I would think it'd be better in a reformed church instead of uh, Asbury, and uh, that's just my choice, which just tells you that God doesn't listen to me. And so if uh, <laughs> if it's if it's legit, then praise God. But we need to look at the fruit of what it is. The fruit of so to speak revival is. Uh, is repentance, is confession of sin, is hum- humility before God and before others, the proclamation of the person and work of Christ. A lot of times revivals are uh, scheduled. I remember in, in, uh, where I used to live, I'd drive by this one place and it said, Revival, Tuesday the 23rd, 6 p.m. You know? Uh-huh. It's like, what? How do you schedule the Holy Spirit to be there like that? And I always got a kick out of that because uh-huh. it was it was ridiculous. So. Uh, we kind of call revival you know, as a, a word to de- to designate a movement of the Spirit uh, corporately on people. It's like an Acts chapter 2 thing. The Spirit of God fell upon people. Okay. They're speaking in tongues. Does, not that it can or doesn't have to happen or will or not, uh, but uh, that the movement of the Spirit is there. And the, the Spirit bears witness of Christ. So if this re- any revival, so to speak, um is not Christ-centered, that brings repentance and dedication to him, then I would say it's not true. So, I don't know about Osprey, though. We'll right. hope it is.
3: All right. Yeah, okay, that was a great answer. Um, can I piggyback on that, or do you need to get sure. to the next person?
1: Oh, I don't need okay. to, so, but go ahead.
3: <laughs> well, um, I, I know you get tons of calls, so you probably won't remember... A, So I'll remind you. A a question that I had in the past, um, it was about a guy that would not say the Holy Spirit. He would only say Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. He would never say the, and I thought it was odd. And I called and I asked you about it, and you were like, yeah, that's weird. And you told me how, um, like, oftentimes cults do that. So anyway, um, I looked a little bit more into the guy that was doing it, and I found out he's a part of something called N-A-R, and I I was like, "Not good, good. well, I figured you would say that, I found a little article about it, and Mm -hmm. it didn't sound great, and so I thought, I was like, wow, how amazing, I mean, I think that was like the Lord helping me notice something was off, just because of one little word that he was leaving out, which is V, you know, he wouldn't say V, Holy Spirit, I was like, I thought that was so strange. And um yeah. so what
1: exactly is N A R? New Apostolic Reformation and it teaches that there's prophets and apostles uh, apostles excuse me for today. And that um that the apostles are supreme over the prophets and that God wants to work, there's the seven mountain prophecy of God's seven epics and seven seven desires and movements in society that He wants to take hold of and to bring Christianity to the forefront in control of all of society. It's a kind of a, uh, a mild theonomic uh, system that pushes the authority of the apostles and the prophets that go out to churches and regularly get words of wisdom and knowledge and such things from God and then they direct the other churches. So this is uh, part of the problem with it and it's, it's led into some bad stuff. Okay.
3: okay, so and so, what about the part, like what about where it does talk about like word of knowledge and word of wisdom and that, when is that okay? Because that is mentioned in the New Testament, sure. so when is that okay?
1: Well, for the cessationists would say it's never okay. Uh, I'm not a cessationist, I'm a continuationist. I believe that it is okay. But we uh, must be very careful about the this so-called movement of the Spirit of God where people speak in tongues jump up and down swing from the chandeliers you know gotta buy a Honda it goes on and then they interpret it to me whatever so there's a lot of fake stuff that goes out there but no, I see nothing um, in scripture that says that the gifts have ceased now I know other people disagree with me we can talk about that so no it, I don't agree with you yeah
3: I yeah. I just okay. think that, uh, I, exactly what you said, I think that they're mm-hmm. still going, but I feel like if there's false prophets out there, then there must be that kind of stuff off, too.
1: So
3: yeah,
1: oh yeah. I, yeah, you're right, you're right. There's a lot like that. and So the thing is um, that I don't have any problem for example, if I went to a church, someone says, hey, come visit my church, and someone got up and spoke in tongues, okay, and if someone um, speaks, uh, and, and then there's no interpretation, then the right thing to do is they don't do that anymore, and that, that would all be in order. I don't have any problem with that, and I can get into more, but we got a break coming up, so you want to hold? Okay. A break sure. Okay. Hey, folks, three open lines if you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. We'll be right back.
0: It's Matt Slick Live. Taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone. Welcome back. Let's get back
1: on here with Courtney. All right, Courtney. There you go.
3: All right. Well, okay, so two more questions that have to do with what I asked you before. So, like, when I heard a little bit about these NAR or whatever, I heard that they call themselves Dar Apostles. And I was like, all right, that's just ridiculous. Right. Um, and that they use the Passion translation. So I looked that up, and that just seems very odd. Like some of the yeah. scriptures that I read, it's like they use the same words, but like they move them around, and they don't really say what they normally say <laughs> in the Bible. Is is that what do you think of that translation?
1: Yes, I've uh, written on that as well. The Passion translation, and uh, let's see, uh, there's lots of problems with it. Um. And you can go to actually go to Karm and you can look it up the Passion uh, translation. So, uh, okay, I had some notes in there. uh, Wicked are included in God's plan, but NS and NSB says that God made the wicked for the day of evil. So, you know, for example, uh, Proverbs sixteen four, the Lord has made everything for its own purpose, even the wicked for the day of evil. And it says Mm -hmm. even the wicked are included in His plans. Or. And then, so Matthew seven twenty three, where Jesus says, "Get away from me! I never knew you. Depart from me, you preachers, of lawlessness." In the uh, their tra- their so to speak translation, I, I've never been joined yeah. to you. You know, it's just it's stupidity. It is yeah. like, idiocy. And uh,
3: yeah, it's like close, but not. I mean, it's like they just change it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they're playing with the word of God. Wow. Here's another one. This is Mark one fifteen, which says. And saying the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. That's Mark one fifteen. In the Passion Translation, his message was this At last the fulfillment of the age has come. It is time for the realm of God's kingdom to be experienced in its fullness. Turn your lives back to God and put your trust in the hope filled gospel. It's like twice as many um, words. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then it's, Mark 4, 10 through 12. I, it could go on and on. It's there. I got a lot of examples out of there. It is. Okay. The NAR is not to be trusted. Not to be trusted.
3: Okay. okay. Nor, or the Passion Translation.
1: Yeah. It, it so do well. not trust the, uh, uh, the the Passion Translation. Absolutely do not.
3: Uh, yeah, Sorry. I thought it sounded really weird. Okay. And then last thing with the Asbury, and then I'll let you go. So, um,. I heard somebody say for that, for the revival, that nobody was in charge. Like, nobody was really, um, you know, like a like a pastor or somebody in charge of it. They were just letting the Holy Spirit have his way. Isn't somebody supposed to be in charge so that you just don't have ones, <laughs> Chaos?
1: Well, God is in charge, is and the, the scriptures are the things we, we submit to. What they are doing okay. is moving themselves in place of the scriptures through their prophecies and authority. And this is what's bad. It's what's dangerous. So it's, uh, it's like Catholicism. Uh, you know, different groups, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses, Christ, society, unity, Baha'i, Islam. hold up. What they'll do, I declare clear my throat there. What they'll do is yeah. place something between uh, God and them. Their prophet, their church, their tradition, their whatever it is, and that's what's happening there. Okay. So uh, it's a, it's bad, and uh, whenever you do that kind of a thing, you don't stick with Scripture, then you're going to have problems, and that's what you have. That's just bad.
3: Okay. Excellent okay. point. All yeah. right. Thanks, Matt.
1: You're Good welcome. Job. Okay. God bless.
3: <laughs> you All too. Right. Bye
1: bye. Okay. Goodbye all right let's get to let's see next longest waiting is uh let's see lisardo from north carolina welcome you are on the air
4: hi thanks for taking my call
1: Mm-hmm. sure um, no problem.
4: it's in reference to psalm 22 okay it's um jesus uh, in the cross uh, literally is a quote in psalm 22
1: Yes. So my first
4: question would be, Psalm twenty-two from beginning to end, is that the life of Jesus? Does it no. talk about him?
1: No, it's in reference to the crucifixion, because uh, Psalm twenty-two describes the crucifixion, a thousand BC, and six hundred or hundreds of years before crucifixion was even invented. That's what's going on there. Mm-hmm.
4: Okay. Yeah, but it, it, it's it's uh, prophetic. about uh, Jesus right
1: yeah that's what it is absolutely
4: okay Mm -hmm. all right Uh, can you talk a little bit about it there's one word that kind of jumps out from psalm 22 and it is when it talks about being a worm the tola at can can you talk about that
1: well, I'm a worm and not a man to reproach men. Here's the thing: if you want to say, you've got to be careful here to say that every single thing in Psalm 22 is about Jesus. Not necessarily. You'll have a lot of exposition in the Old Testament, and then the Holy Spirit will work through that writer to write a sentence or a, a paragraph that refers to Christ, ultimately, and then you extract it out of that. And because the Holy Spirit does that, and so we've got to be careful. So when it talks here about uh, being a worm, um, what we would say is that it's probably just talking uh, as as a cry of anguish. The psalmist is writing, and then the Holy Spirit moved over the psalmist to include the issues of the prophetic nature of the crucifixion. Okay.
4: Oh, I see. I see. Because um, I mean, it, when you look up the um, the term. In the original language, it's, it's Tolaat, and uh, when you see what type of—it's a specific kind of worm from that area. It, it's very revealing when you read about that worm. I don't know if you've it's yes, I done that, it's red. but it's, yeah, it's red Hicoccus and elysis, mm-hmm. and uh, 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 everything that it does is. Just uh, very dramatic because uh, it reflects uh, the sacrifice.
1: Yes, it does. I understand that. But you know, and it says in Psalm twenty-two six, "But I, I am a worm and not a man." That wouldn't apply to Christ because He is a man. But then
4: He is a man, but yeah, He He was uh, scarred and deformed yes. uh, with the torture, and yes. uh, He pretty much. Uh, went as low as he could uh, to save us, right? I about His suffering as as was could. greater than any other suffering that anyone has ever had. And
1: I would assume so. I would assume that's the case. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Well, thank you. Uh, that's uh, very helpful.
1: Sure. Well, no problem at all. Okay. okay. Well, God bless. God bless you. You too. Thanks. Bye. All right. Let's see. Next longest waiting person is John from Virginia. John, welcome. You're on the air. How you doing? Doing <laughs> all Doing all right. it um, right. in there. One, so what's, what do you got? Wonderful.
5: So my question is about um, two scriptures. I was looking for the one, but I can't come up with it, but I know what it says. It says, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead mm-hmm. thou shalt be saved yeah. And then Romans 10 and 9 also says the for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So with those two verses and, and a few more I, I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, a lot of pastors are actually leading people to Christ, through a silent prayer that has never I don't have a problem with praying to God silently and God hears my prayer and this that and the other. But with the scriptures that I read and I just I just have a problem with an initial sinner that is lost saying a silent prayer to themselves to God to, to be saved. And I'm just having a hard time getting past that. It, can you, you know, Sure. You know, can you talk about that? And
1: sure. Let's do that. So let's say okay. that there's a man on his deathbed. And he's got a tube down his throat, and the minister comes in and gives him the gospel, and he receives the gospel, and he can't talk. What about a person who's mute and isn't able to speak, and can't, and can't hear, doesn't know how to speak? What about, uh, you know, young children? before they, they speak and they die see what we're talking about here and what you were quoting was Romans 10, 9 and 10 if you confess with your mouth it does not say you must confess with your mouth it doesn't say that it says well, if you do that and you believe in your heart that God you know, raises to the dead you'll be saved it doesn't say this is the only means that a verbal confession is what's necessary you can do it in your heart People can be saved on their on their deathbeds without speaking. They can be um, driving and just talking in their hearts to the Lord. Uh, I, I'll tell you a story about that a little bit. Okay, okay. Hey, we'll be right back, folks. After these messages, please stay tuned.
0: It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, and
1: well, welcome back to the show, the last segment of the hour. Let's get to, oh wait a minute. Hold on, let me get back to John from Virginia. Sorry about that, John. Uh, you still there?
5: That's all good. Okay. Yes.
1: Yeah. All right, so, I don't know, did I answer the question for you sufficiently?
5: You did. Oh, I was reading. Uh, actually, Romans ten eight above or uh, nine and ten, and it says, "But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart." That is the word of faith which we preach, and then it goes on to say that thou shalt confess. So is maybe that, um, you know, agreeing with what you're saying by that verse in the mouth you could say it with your mouth or in the heart
1: yeah it, it's it's not the verbal proclamation that makes you saved it's it's an appeal to God god grants we have faith Philippians 129 so he's working that and so we're, we're trusting in him and that's what's going on we're just trusting him and and he's sure. and what he's doing is talking normatively you know confess it don't hide it you know but, but a sure. mute person couldn't do that then could they i understand
5: that but my my question was and and i and i'm riding the train with you i understand where where you went with it but all i'm trying to say is in the church situation probably a hundred percent of the people is probably not going to fall into that category i understand that god can save and do however he pleases as long as someone is calling on him and confessing that you know Mm -hmm. whether it's in your heart and somebody led them through that. I have no problem with believing that if that's your only way. But just no, it's saying, not, if there is
1: not necessary a church situation, and it's not necessary to have to say It just looks like
5: words. to me, you know, your first initial, uh, and, and you're able to speak and talk. Your first initial, trying to convert, going to convert to a Christian, should be okay. verbally with your mouth.
1: It well, I would say this that uh, it's good to verbally confess christ but what if you're driving along and uh you're listening to music uh, christian music i knew a, a, of a woman who this happened to her listen to christian music she pulled off the freeway and just said god i want what what uh, that what's there i want who th- that is i want i want to serve you count I, me I in on that you. And the person instantly had a revelation it came out of the Mormon church. So she, she was a Mormon. She instantly, instantly knew Mormonism was false and became a Christian. So yeah, she didn't I confess. Mean, count There's me in point. on that. Okay, but I'm saying she didn't confess the same words. We don't have, it's not, don't make it into a legalistic formula. You got to say these words and you have to verbalize it. This is how cults get started. Yes, we would say, normally speaking, yeah, you want to talk about the Lord and confess unto people, let him, let people know that that's not a problem. But a mute person or a person on a deathbed, no, they, they can't do that, and and so they're not not saved because of that. And what Paul's doing is just talking. I don't. The I people. mean,
5: I, I don't have a problem okay. with believing that. That's I, I believe that as well. You know, if, you know, You're sure.
1: Good. Okay.
5: But thank you for well, your good. time. I appreciate that.
1: Hey, no problem at all, John. You yeah,
5: have a blessed evening.
1: You too. God yes, bless. Sir. Thanks. Bye. Okay. All right, let's get to Chris from Dallas. Chris, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, what's up, Matt? What's up? Uh, not a whole bunch, just kind of whatevering on radio. Love it. Um,
6: I heard you on uh, a podcast. I think it was like Andrew mm-hmm. Um You were talking about the occult and how you were dabbling in that. I know it was a little cool. anecdotal, but yeah, yeah. I'm really curious. You said that you saw like a gold cross. Illuminated, and someone like me who is the ultimate skeptic, like I've been tempted to just dive deep in, into that kind of stuff, just because like I have trouble believing that it's even real, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm a believer, and that's something I've okay. really thought of. So, yeah, well, I'm well, curious about if you could expound
5: on that.
1: Sure, let me give you about a one or two minute little thing. All right. Kay. So before I was born, my mom would have these dreams of a man coming to her in her sleep. He's had a dark hat, a black hat, a white long sleeve shirt rolled up to the elbows, black slacks, black shoes. She would see him in this dream, and she'd be terrified she'd wake up. And he would walk through a wall and stare at her at the bed. And this happened for about two years, off and on, every few weeks. My dad couldn't see him and whatever so my mom was she was smart she had a higher iq than i do she uh was very intelligent could read a thousand words a minute 80 percent comprehension she's brilliant and um so i asked her come on mom is was it sleep deprivation you know pregnancy drugs uh you know abducted by an alien whatever i went through all this stuff she said no 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 so I, I believed her that she was seeing something legitimate. They moved a couple of times or two or three times because they were in the service and uh, that was in the Air Force at the time. And so, you know, it happened in different places. All right, so the last time this appeared, this person appeared, was when uh, I was born. And then uh, it came and uh, she woke up and, and this guy went over and looked at me in the crib and stared at me in the crib. And uh, my dad, you know, woke my dad up and he said, well, what's you doing? Just looking at Matthew. Well, you know, Doing a thing? No, just looking. And then he would go and turn the light on, and this guy would disappear. And that was it. Well, that's kind of spooky. Okay, I can't verify that. But years later, when I was involved in the occult, and I had a friend named Dave, who I'm still friends with, we were doing occult stuff. He's a Christian now, too. And uh, he would do astral projection. I couldn't never quite yeah. get there. I get close, but he could. Yeah, said so he could. I said, I'm going to test it. I'm going to put some stuff on my desk in my room, because we were in high school at the time. And I said, uh, you ask for you project over, and you tell me, and uh, what well, I have these things and we go to school tomorrow." And he goes, okay. So the next day at school, I said, "Well, what'd you see?" And he said, "Well, I couldn't come over." I'm like, "Yeah, right, you know." And he said, uh, "Because there was this man." I said, "What do you mean a man?" He says, yes, this man was there by your door. wouldn't let me in. What?" Yeah, he had a black hat on and a long wife's uh, long-sleeved shirt with uh, sleeves rolled up to his elbows and black pants and black shoes. I never told him about that but he mm. described it intensely okay then when I would have my seances and my stuff in the cromancy with my friends we would see lights move we'd hear voices I've heard a voice before specifically and then now we'll get down to this with my friend Dave we're having a seance and I'll tell you you can believe it or you don't have to believe it if you don't want I'm not lying to you I've never done drugs my entire life I've never smoked pot I've never done anything I didn't drink nothing and we were having this seance and a blue ball of light materialized and my friend Dave was sitting to my left and I looked because I saw it to my left and I looked at Dave looking at it I could see Dave's head he was looking at the exact same place I was down on the ground a ball of light about a foot in diameter or so a foot and a half blue ball of light lighting up the room and it expanded vertically and took the shape of a man with broad shoulders uh, kneeling down And then this figure stood up and turned to us. And it was like six, six and a half feet tall, broad, big. And as it turned, it disappeared. And he's looking up where this figure is, where you'd look up at a head, you know, that area. We're both looking. And then suddenly where the chest area was of this thing, a yellow cross materialized. And I could still see it. It had a blue aura emanating around it, the same color as that blue thing that was just there and it moved from the left to the right it didn't accelerate and then decelerate it just was not moving then was instantly moving at a certain velocity and then ceased its movement right in front of us I can still remember seeing it right this second, I can still remember it as I'm remembering and we both were terrified we both got out of there we ran he saw the same thing I did so Jeez. there you go. Do you, do you
6: think that I know that you know the Bible says that you know, you could like come back from the dead and they still wouldn't believe. Um, I mean, do you think that strengthened your faith? I was not like, You know what I'm saying? Like, because if I, I was not a if I saw that, I feel like I would. I'd be sold 100. percent
1: Well, uh, I, I was involved in the occult. It wasn't until I became a Christian uh, months later that I, I turned away yeah. from all of that. But I'm just telling you, this is my experience. I'm not saying my experience is, is proof of anything. I'm just telling you that's what I saw. It's what my friends saw. Mm-hmm. And you can you can dismiss it and say, "Oh, uh, is hyperventilating because we're in Southern California and the ethereal wave of volcanic essence had somehow manifested in sul- sulfur induced hallucinations?" You know, whatever you want. I'm just telling sure. you what we saw.
4: But what are your
6: so? Yeah, first of all, thank thank you for sharing. That's sure. That's that's that's, that's wild. Um. What do you think about someone who's a believer, been a believer, who, like, I am literally, like, part of me wants to experience something like that. Like, literally, like, get into, like, like, you know, get around the occult. You know what I'm saying? Like, I am tempted no, you to, don't. to want to see something like that.
1: No, you don't. Why? Because it's not of God. And you're mixing, yeah. you're, you're messing with the occult. You don't want to that. If God does not let you see it, then don't. I was involved in some bad stuff, and yeah. God, in his great mercy, allowed me to live, and then he gave me a very, very charismatic conversion, incredibly charismatic, in the presence of of his very glory. And so yeah. I'm called, I believe, through all of this, to do what I do for a living. I believe I've been prepared for it. That's just my opinion. I'm not trying to Ill- yep. elevate myself, but I just believe that's what I, I, that's, I believe it, that's all, that's it. So you don't mm-hmm. want that. Jesus Christ, you want to seek the Holy Spirit's work in you. Leave the darkness yeah. behind, because anybody who gets involved with that, if you are called into it by God, there's a consequence and a danger with it. It's like saying, I'm God calling you to be a glacier, uh, uh, you know, guide. You know, glaciers, yep. it's dangerous. Maybe you're called to do it, but you better be prepared for it and know what you're doing, because it's dangerous to do, and this is the kind of mm-hmm. thing. And I got other stories. But uh and, and you know, I've I've had people come after me, I've been have had Satanists try and kill me or threaten to kill me. I've some I've got some weird stories. And I've been yeah. swatted and uh I've had cars follow me because of what I do for a living. And if you want to be involved in stuff like that, you're asking God to change you, make you, shape you. And if he doesn't want that of you because he's calling you to do something different and you keep seeking it, then you're opening up a door. And you've got to be very careful,
6: yeah okay what is that what is that door? oh sorry, good No, go ahead um what is that what does opening that door look like? what does that mean
1: The door to the occult means that uh, you've opened up a portal of which demonic activity can be increased in your life gotcha,
6: yeah go ahead me um
1: yeah, totally. a lot of people um, have a lot of people have those doors open in their houses. I yeah, don't talk totally. about this too much because it scares seems to
6: them. To, but, yeah. yeah, it just seems all, like, I don't know, it seems mm-hmm. all, like, dorky, like, people who are really involved in it seem just, like, it just seems, I don't know, they're, like, sad people. You know what I mean? It's, like...
1: Uh, Demonic oppression.
6: Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. Um, okay. Totally. Right. Um, last thing I guess I'll say... Um, is I would really encourage you to get on TikTok um, because there is a lot of wild misinformation out there. I mean, your audience could explode just on TikTok Live. I think you'd be a real, real good uh, uh, light over there.
1: Email me how to do it.
6: Okay. Dude, I will. Absolutely.
1: Info at karm.org. i, I got to go to Israel next week, but I'm interested in doing that with TikTok, and I don't trust TikTok as a... It's a uh, it's a Chinese thing, and oh, I would only do it under VPNs and, and various things.
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get you a burner but, phone with, like, a, a proxy. But, yeah, I, I'll email you.
1: I can do it. Okay, sounds good, man. Cool. All right. I okay. Okay, God bless. Okay, so we had a question on the Holy Spirit. Sorry we didn't get to you. And uh, on women pastors. Oh, I love talking about that. One of my favorite topics. I don't know why, but it is. Call back tomorrow. All right, Earlene, and we'll talk about that. We ran out of time. May the Lord bless you. I'll be teaching Bible study tonight and may the Lord uh, just bless you this evening. Talk to you later.
0: Another program powered by the Truth Network.